0: Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa wassalamu ala shirafin, anbiya'i wa mursaleen. Muhammad wa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahibu sallam, taslimat kathirun kathirun. My brothers and sisters, yesterday <coughs> we spoke about anticipating the greatest threat to your existence, to your development, and preparing to counter it. So the question that I asked yesterday was, what is it that can kill me in the next three years? So, kill me in the literal sense, kill me in a figurative sense, whichever sense. So, if I have a business, for example, they say, what can kill my business in the next three years? Is it new technology? Is it the uh, is it that my market will disappear? Is it uh, something else which will happen? And prepare for that from now, because from three years from now it it'll be gone, okay? And I gave you some several examples yesterday, so I won't repeat that. But there are many examples. If you look at in terms of business world, many examples of uh, businesses which fail to see uh, change coming. Uh, One thing I did mention yesterday, which I will do today. One of the classic examples is Kodak Film. And the interesting thing is I, I, all of us I'm sure we remember we buy those reels right so 24 exposure 36 36 exposure we used to buy take pictures take it to the photography shop and the chap will you know you develop it or whatever Interestingly and very ironically there was one of the employees of Kodak he invented digital photography so he created he built a digital camera But when he took it to Kodak and he showed them, he said, this is, uh, you know, something I haven't... They said, no, no, this doesn't work. This won't work. So they rejected it. And that is what killed Kodak. Digital photography. Because once digital photography came, then all these reels and films and everything became worthless. I mean, today at any given time, uh, when I go out, I do wildlife photography. At any given time, if I shoot for a day's worth of shooting i shoot at least two thousand shots <laughs> at least right so where is the question now failure to anticipate what will kill you now so today i want to talk about therefore what to do I, if i want to combat a potential threat in three years um What must I do today? And for that, what is required is I must know what I am doing. So like a personal snapshot, right? So what is my situation today? I should know this. If I know this, then I can do something about it. Now, interestingly in GE, uh, we have three separate things that we do. One is we call this voice of customer, VOC. So every GE business periodically invites their customers to come in they have a you know a sort of tea and samosa kind of thing uh, so they ask them to come in and the customers talk to the ge people about the product or service that they are using so say ge medical systems is making color dopplers it's making ct scan machines and so on So you will have people from big hospitals, big diagnostic centers uh, who will come and talk to them about how does this, you know, what's the performance of the machine, they like it, they don't like it, Uh, what is their customer feedback which they are getting from it. The key thing is the GE employees are given a very strict format and their format is listen to the customer, take notes and if they have any problems, deal with the problems. But on no account are you supposed to give them explanations or justifications. Very important, right? You can't say to them, no, no, oh, you know, that's because of, no. If the customer feels that something was not right with the machine, then we go with the customer. It's not a question of saying, oh, you didn't know how to use the machine. No, no, no. It was my job to teach you how to use the machine. You just spent $100,000 plus on a machine. It's my job to teach you. So if you don't know how to use the machine, it's my problem. Right? So, voice of customer. Just listen to the customer, solve their problems. And that gives you some very, very, very valuable data, first hand data about your product and service. Second thing we used to do is, we called it uh, NMA, New Manager Assimilation. So, this is a different thing. Whenever a manager was assigned to a team, um, they would give this manager maybe two to three weeks to settle down. And after that, you would have the HR guy or you would have a consultant, an outside consultant, who would go to that manager's direct reports and say, please tell us how is your experience with this new person. Right? Um, so, for example, if I am working for you, I am direct report, right? There's, okay, this new person came. Uh what how what's your experience? What is the person? So I will say, well, you know, he's a very nice person, very warm, very uh accommodative, and listens and so on. So okay, so that's good. All the positive stuff. Is there anything negative? So I might say, you know, there's nothing negative, but I think he is a very kind person, so maybe people will take advantage of him. So this is one feedback. Both are feedbacks, positive and negative. Similarly, many other things. This person is very harsh, this person is very abrupt, this person doesn't listen, whatever, right? Then what they do is they take this feedback from the direct reports, they compile it, they consolidate it, and they feed it back to the manager and say, this is what your direct reports have to say about you, but they don't give the names. So, to, to, you know, protect their identity and to, uh, so that people will feel free about saying what they have to say. So this data is fed back to the manager. Then, a very important thing, then there is a face-to-face meeting between the manager and the direct reports with the person who did this assignment, the HR person or the consultant as the facilitator. So where the manager gets to address the, the feedback that he or she got with the people who gave them that feedback. So in that feedback session, the manager's I have seen, for example, many of such sessions, uh, the manager, for example, uh, and we coach them to know what to say and how to say. So some things they might say, well, you know, thank you so much for, say, for saying this. I really appreciate that. I will do this. Or thank you so much for pointing this out. I will try and correct myself. Or they might even say, look, thank you for the feedback, but this is how I am. So this is not going to change. Right? I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to offend you or something, but this is how I am. I will speak like this. This is what I will say. If you don't like it, then as long as I'm here, this, this is what I will do. I mean, get me out of here. That's up to you. Right? So, which is a very frank and straightforward way of dealing with things. But there are some things that, that have to be done in a certain way. So we say, you can't be, this can't be changed. NMA. Third, very important thing. when we are talking about how do I know where I stand today. Third, very important thing again, which is done in GE and I've done it in many places, including for myself, is what is called a 360-degree appraisal. Right? The usual appraisal is between the manager and the subordinate. So I work for you. At the end of the year, you write my appraisal. This is what is good about Mr. Big. This is what is not good. So on, so on. We have a comment. This is a normal standard procedure of appraisals. The 360 is an appraisal. It's called 360 because of the circle. So 360 is an appraisal process where the individual is appraised by his or her person is reporting to, reporting authorities, so the direct manager, subordinates, colleagues at the same level in the same department, uh, external people they may be dealing with, for example, contractors, for, for example, consultants and so on and so forth, they may deal with people from other departments that they may deal with. So if I am working in manufacturing, I am dealing also with R&D, I am dealing also with finance. So people in those departments who I am dealing... I don't report to them, they don't report to me, but we have a relationship because we are dealing with them. They are doing work. them. As well as people I deal with personally. So it could be community members, it could be my neighborhood people, and so on and so on. So there is a, uh, this is done by an external agency. The external agency sets up this uh, questionnaire, which they mail to all these people. And they say, please answer these questions in the context of, if it is me, in the context of Mr. Big. What do you see Mr. Big as? Number one, two, three, four, these are the questions, answer them. Then the same process, which is they collect all of that, they collect the data, they consolidate it, and they present it to me, saying, "This is what your three sixty appraisal looks like." And what they do, which is very interesting, is they benchmark it against people at your level, your competence, your profession. Right? So it's a three. It's not just only me, but somebody like me. What do their three sixties look like? So I'm compared to on that platformers just to give an idea. Good or bad. It I, I may, for example, get a very positive 360, but compared to people at my level and so on, it may not be so positive, or vice versa, my mine might be better than theirs, so whichever. Three ways. So my submission is that this is something that we as individuals must do from time to time to ascertain where we stand in our environment, right? I, I I have a 360 of mine done every five years. Uh, there is a company called uh, Potentia which does it, so I get them to do it. I have the my last is with me. So it's very important. It's, you, so you you know where you stand on a very objective platform. Otherwise, the, the big reason for this is our human tendency. We like to hang out with people who like us who think like us, who won't disagree with us, who are, you know, the same mental framework, right? Uh, And that keeps us in an echo chamber. So whatever you say, somebody will say, he will agree and he will echo or they will say similar things and we have similar political views, similar religious views, similar views about, you know, life and so on and so on. And you never get anything which challenges you. You never get anything which is critical. You never get anything which, because all growth happens in the, in in the in the circle of discomfort, right? Circle of comfort there's no growth happening. Circle of comfort is nice to have. You should have it also because that's that's a place of rest. It's like the harbor. So the ship has to be in the harbor at some point. But if the ship is only sitting in the harbor, then why have a ship, right? There's no point. You may as well sit in the make a build house there and, and stay on the beach. No, the purpose of a ship a ship is to go out in the in the, in the ocean so in the ocean there is problems there are problems I mean there are waves and this and that and rocks and whatnot so but you don't want the ship to sink so you bring it back into the harbor to repair it and so on day run ocean so this is this is the thing with life so we need to therefore do this assessment individually I always tell people do your own assessment get a 360 done talk to people and also your own assessment. And benchmark yourself in the marketplace. And market, I don't mean exactly buying and selling. Market. I mean, meaning in, in your professional yeah, framework. Benchmark yourself and see where do I stand. Otherwise, we get into this, you know, especially in the religious angle, we get into this murid spheromism. So you have a lot of Marines, and your Marids are always seeing your phrase, oh la la, la cash. <laughs> you, you think you are God's gift to mankind? That <laughs> that may be very far from the truth. So it's very important to do this kind of self-assessment. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla Jalla, to help us to continuously assess ourselves and to develop ourselves and to improve ourselves. So where we uh, yeah, we we become useful to society and بلسين تمامس بحذر ان شاء الله وسلم على الكريم وعلى اله وصحبه